Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to a Saturday pod pre-match. We don't drop Saturday pods, but when... Chelsea returns on a Sunday after a hundred and whatever days off, you know we are going to get into it and and just make sure we get you ready and keep the hype alive. Uh, Ever since Villa snuck a point away from Sheffield and City smashed Arsenal, I've just been excited that the Premier League is back. I underestimated how excited I was going to be, yet here we are. As always, your host, Brandon, Dan and Nick joining me. Uh, gentlemen, we have a lot to talk about in terms of transfers, uh, in terms of predicted lineup and the actual Villa match preview. But before that, we do have some goodies for our listeners. Nick, signables, we did a thing. That is right. We are back with signables. Um, again, out to ex- uh, to improve the autograph experience. They offer an authentic display-ready keepsake. We'll, we'll get some of these on our desk and, and show you guys what's going on here in a, in a few weeks. But they are made of genuine match ball leather. There are five Chelsea players that are currently available to purchase. Pulisic, Conte, Aspi, William, and Pedro. Uh, William and Pedro probably are, are keepsakes uh, for only a short while longer. So get in on those if, if you're interested. Uh, we have a code for 20% off, LIB20, uh, at signables.com. If you want to pick one of these bad boys up, support the show, support them. That would be just Super. All right. And then the other thing, Dan, is that we mentioned this at the last podcast. We just felt like we should do it again. 
our friend, listener Spottingham, sent us, he works at a distillery, some of his delicious spirits that we're going to drink responsibly. Uh, I got the dark rum and the agave blanco salvaje, some tequila. Uh, I sampled the dark rum in our last episode. Super good. I think it's also important to uh, shout out not just uh, our boy Spottingham, but our, also our boy uh, Stan Kroenke uh, and Arsenal for paying David Luiz 24 million pounds this year to uh, continue to sabotage their season. Uh, shout out for Spottingham for making delicious beverages. Go to bluebirddistillery.com. Shout out for Stan Kroenke and David Luiz for sabotaging Arsenal's season. Uh, match made in heaven. Not sabotaging our season, sabotaging their season. And second of all, it's bluebirddistilling.com. So we got your back. Anyways, gentlemen, a second German player, question mark? Havertz, the next biggest transfer. Uh, Build a very trustworthy German source. As Bayern Munich have no intention of matching Leverkusen's asking price for Chelsea target Kai Havertz. They want to focus on Man City's Leroy Sané but remain interested and would be keen to discuss the transfer next year. Uh, so while Dan Bayern leaving, Leverkusen are still asking for $90 million just for the rights to pay him another couple hundred grand a week on top of that. Uh, Matt Law had a tweet recently, I think today or yesterday, so Wednesday or Thursday, uh, previous to when you're listening to this, and he said that Chelsea were going to try to wait it out a little bit, see if Les Leverkusen got maybe some cold feet. Uh, they realize they're not going to get much out of him. His contract is expiring, so they are going to have, you know, feel pressure to get a deal done. And so I think Marina's going to sit there. And if this does happen, I could see it happening at the end of the transfer window. They run all the way to the wire. Well, here's the other thing with Leverkusen too. They haven't secured champions league football next season either you know they have matches to play remaining in their season and they have munch and globach right behind them um, which could put them in the fifth position if they have some poor form or poor results so i just keep in mind that you know we are in the new world of post-covid you know we're potentially kind of depressed market values depressed ability to spend even with the financial fair play you know being freed up essentially for the next year and allowing for some creative accounting, which I think puts us in a good position, Nick, because uh, creative accounting and coming up with unique solutions to problem is you know, kind of what Chelsea does. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, it's a weird moment. I know that we talked about this with, with Ian uh, last week and we're addressing kind of Bayern Munich being a huge player because, you know, I think the most easily compared, you know, option to what Kai Havertz is, is what Thomas Muller was early in his career. So Bayern Munich would seem like a, an ideal destination. However, Chelsea are in this weird position because of the fact that we have an owner who's willing to spend money, that Man City have been dinged for FFP already, that Man United are kind of shopping around other players, and the fact that Spurs, Arsenal, you know, all these other clubs that would typically compete with us for kind of high price targets are not necessarily there right now. So Chelsea kind of can do what they want with this one. Uh, you know, maybe Juventus come calling because it seems like they steal targets from us all the time. But it, it seems like 
if Byron are really truly, you know, and, and you can only believe reporting to, you know, of, of this level on transfers to a certain degree, if, if Byron are truly out, then the door is much wider open than I thought previously, which is really interesting. They're out this season, which so they're hoping they can get him on a free. But I especially if they don't get Champions League, it's it's not even a question. He's gone. They just financially have to. We know that the Bundesliga is nowhere close to as rich as the Premier League. The Premier League, whether or not you want to call it the most competitive league in the world, it sure as hell is the most rich, the richest league in the world, without a doubt, and not even close. Um, and so he knows that he can come here and get the money. Premier League teams can pay it. Bayern don't even have the spending power that Chelsea do. They just have the influence within Germany of being, oh, I want to go play for Bayern. I want to be, you know, the German champions. I'm going to have a run in the Champions League. Um, but not on a wages level at all. So I think that that's really interesting. Um, to your point, you guys did kick this about about Hobbits with, with Yan. And if you didn't listen to it, go back. I wasn't on it, so you might enjoy it. Um, but it was, I sure did. It was, I know you, you said it. <laughs> it was a great discussion. Uh, about how he could f- potentially fit in. The other one is Chili B, as Chili we can B. refer to Ben Chilwell. Uh, Fabrizio Romano tweeted, Chelsea will pay 50 million euros to RB Leipzig as a final fee for Timo Werner. <laughs> Nothing. Chump change. That's amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah. And are also working to sign a left back. Ben Chilwell, also known as Chili B., is always their first target. Not easy, but talk still on with Leicester. So Guardian Sports saying Chelsea step up their interest in Chilwell, but Leicester won at least sixty million. I don't know. I mean, uh, I've there's not much of an update here. It's this is just a, a waiting game. The last episode, Danny talked about Leicester maybe not making top four and not you know maybe wanting to cash in on him. I I don't. I don't know about that either. He's got four years yeah. left on his contract. Dan Streamatorium. Yeah. Where everything's possible. So here, here's one thing I would say, because I think this is one thing that we you guys didn't touch on when you're talking about this. And I got I was guilty of this. I think that's a lot of money to spend on Ben Chilwell. Who gives a shit? If Chelsea can spend it and Roman wants to fund it, who am I to be like, oh, that's too much on a player? I was guilty of thinking that. And at the end of the day, if Frank wants him and Roman wants to buy him, I don't care. You do you guys. Like, I'll be here. You know, it's just that's always been the biggest thing for me is there seems like you could get comparable players for a ha- for half the price easily. Is uh, someone like Antonio Conte looking back at this and saying, wow, was the... Did I just have to be a former Chelsea player to get backed in the way that Frank Lampard is getting backed? Because if we're going out and getting Ziyech, going out and getting Werner, let's say you go out and get Chilwell, and maybe you go get Havertz too. When was the last time, Nick, he got that, Alonso? that amount of backing? He got, <laughs> he got N'Golo Kante. He did get N'Golo. That is a fact. But he didn't get Yeah, he also Lukaku. got Zappa Costa. He got Murata. Hey, look, like, you know, he had he a got very Danny specific, Drinkwater. He had a very specific formation, too. So he's fighting an uphill battle from the beginning. I have thought about that, too, Nick. That's a fair point from Dan. In the end, is the backing. I would also say 
Lamps got nothing for two windows because of a transfer ban, and then we just self-imposed the ban again, just felt like we couldn't, yeah. couldn't do good business. And he's delivered top four with a young team. But I would say he is getting special treatment because of his legacy with Chelsea. I mean, it's what he's earned, to be fair. I mean, like, you're the club's best all-time player, you know? And you're a, a guy who, even though it's been a, a rocky season to this point, is still in a position to make Champions League next year and maybe go in a, a, a FA Cup run. Um, you know, the last time that this really happened, you can make two arguments. You know, the first argument is for Mourinho 1, which was absurd and a level that we'll never see again no matter if we get all the players that you've already prescribed. You never see that many players assimilate and work. Go listen to our episode with Liam Toomey about how that all went down. Um, I think it's three or four episodes ago. It was fantastic. And the amount of investment that Roman made initially will never be seen in football again, not by PSG, not by you know Man City or anybody. And then I would make the argument that it happened to Di Matteo too. Um, after the Champions League win, we got Hazard and Oscar and a bunch of other players who turned out, obviously not through his reign, turned out to be pretty good players. So I don't know, man. I, I think this is – I've seen a lot of this sentiment, Dan, that it feels like 2003-04 all over again. I don't know if I believe that. Because I think that was just such an aberration. But if he's going to get back to this level, three club record types of signing, you know, levels, you know, obviously Werner's not, you know, 71 million or whatever, but that's something. I mean, there's something to look at there and go, oh, maybe the tide has changed. Maybe Petr Cech is the secret ingredient. Well, his ability to negotiate in eight different languages uh, across Europe is probably a, a big part of being able to be a deciding factor in some of those negotiations. But you're right in that this is emblematic of true support of Roman being fully engaged with what's going on at Chelsea. And you know, I think when we had our friend Joe Tweeds on, you know, he talked about just the, the astuteness uh, of Marina, the astuteness of, of, of Roman you know, we're going to zig when others are zagging. And this is an opportunity to really leverage a situation where other clubs are not going to have the same leeway. And this is potentially catapulting us one or two seasons ahead of where we thought we were going to be. It's going to be fun. Uh, and Chelsea, it sounds like, have continu- continued to be linked to some other players as well. So it it might not just be done, you know, with these three, which is exciting times ahead. Uh, but we need to go ahead and look at Villa because that is the immediate task at hand. That is the the match that we have to handle. We got to do some business against the villains. So it sounds like William and Pedro have self deselected themselves. I don't even know how you say it. They've like withdrawn themselves from the squad. Because they don't, they're out of contract. Uh, we it sounds like Pedro is most likely to go to Roma. William is still up in the air, even though he came out very early and was like, "No, no, no, I'm playing for Chelsea. I'm committed. Like, let's do this. Finish the season." Well, maybe his agent said, "How about we not? How about we we maybe don't do that?" 
So if we assume that William and Pedro are probably out, which I would also say fair to them, I have no resentment. It would affect them massively financially. They need to take care of themselves. I can understand that. But what that opens up a little bit, Nick, is the Chelsea youth tweets here talking about X factors. You got Ruben Loftus-Cheek hopefully coming back healthy. Billy Gilmore was on a hell of a run. What if Tino Andrin with this extended bench, subs bench, you know, happens? There's just, I don't know, you gotta you gotta feel good even if you lose veterans like William and Pedro. We've only got a handful of matches. Mount is a flexible player. Ruben is a flexible player. We just have, I don't know. We have a lot. I think like we have a lot going for us, even without them. Yeah, it, it is interesting, right? Like there, there are players that have been in contention. You know, that haven't been in contention. You know, prior to the break, that are are now back. We, you know, Pulisic being one, Tammy being one, uh, Ruben obviously coming off a long term injury being one, Cal, you know, going through a lot in the last four months. You know, seeming to be back and, and ready for selection. Uh, you have a bunch of youth players who have stepped up and proven themselves, uh, inclusive of Andrew inclusive inclusive of and uh, Armando Broja, uh, and all these um, kind of younger talents that are around. And, you know, Lewis Bate being another one. I, you, you look at this and go, wow, you know, Chelsea are healthy, maybe, maybe for the first time in three years, like fully healthy. And N'Golo Conte is back training and played against QPR uh, midweek, which is a, you know, af- after what we saw three weeks ago, we didn't think that was going to happen. And I don't know, man, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to see what Frank does, knowing that, you know, like, you know, I believe Yan said this, Dan, uh, on our, on our last show, Injuries in the Bundesliga are up 250% during their comeback, right? So none of these mm-hmm. players are officially match fit. They're just kind of faking it till they make it. I think because, because Frank Lampard at times has been uh, the wild card in the, uh, the always sunny in Philadelphia wild card situation. Best when it comes episode, to by what, the way. God. What he's willing to do. I feel like Chelsea will use five subs in every match for the remainder of the season. I, I think he will use it every time. And I think it is going to be in the benefit of the make, keeping the players healthy and being able to get this over the line. And so my expectation is the lineup we see to start this match will include, for the most part, the players that have contributed to su- the success so far, but he will find a way for Ruben, um, and others like Tino to get in in that five sub individual group because he's going to want to keep people as fresh as possible because these games are going to come so fast that if you're if you're on the edge you don't want to risk and ma- another massive injury to a Ruben another massive injury to an Angolo and miss them for the next eight games or miss them for potentially doing doing crazy things and winning the Champions League somehow. Um, like it, it, there's there's so much that could happen, Brandon. I I, I think I'm going to index to the fact that Frank and the team are going to take a look at what they've seen in the Bundesliga, take a look at what we've seen in the first couple matches here in the Premier League, and bounce this appropriately. And we're going to see a lot of players. We are going to see some very interesting names come in. Um, you know, Lewis Bate potentially, um, where they have not made a, a Premier League appearance yet. We're going to see a couple more this season. 
I don't know. <laughs> I like maybe. I mean, we had to pummel Everton to get Andrew in in the Premier League. So maybe the good news is they have the opportunity, right? With extended bench, with extended subs, they at least have a better chance. Chelsea Youth even said that they thought that Chelsea were the ones that said they wanted nine subs on the bench instead of seven. Um, and to be fair, we would use it before most teams. So unless you're Arsenal and you get two injuries and a red card. Um, <laughs> but what, what I'm my biggest like starting point for who's going to start, right? So if we go through a predicted 11, the first question you have to ask, is it a back three or is it a back four? Four. I don't know. Three. He doesn't like his left backs. Yeah, that's why I, I think it, it has to be a back three. And that we, we I mean, pl- played it a little bit towards the end. I mean, it's Villa, so maybe there's some matchup things. But, I mean, if you can get Tamori, Rudiger, I think Christensen had a knock, but it might be all right. And Aspi is your back three. Reese James is right wing back. And, you know, I guess you can throw Alonzo at left wing back. So we should kind of say, so the, the, the reports, and again, this could all change by the time Frank Lampard has a press conference over Zoom and someone has bombed the call. Um, you know, we might have different information between now and then, but Reese and Callum were the two players who seemed to True. miss out a little bit. And so I think because there's no Reese, um, I would anticipate a back four um, to give us a little bit more structure there. Um I actually think the the four the four four three three the four three two one or, or uh, two two three one is kind of where we would anticipate to kind of head with the remainder of the season. I think we're going to try to keep the formation very rigid um, and make it easier to plug and play. I, I do think it is interesting though, right? Because to me, you look at playing on the road in a obviously weird environment regardless of if there are fans there or not like it's going to be strange right uh and the fact that chelsea does not have a kind of preferred left back in a four that isn't dave and if if your scenario is right dan that reese doesn't play then dave will most assuredly be on the right mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see if if frank trusts his back four which i know he wants to play moving forward like it's it seems pretty obvious to me that he doesn't want to take away an attacker to play a wing back right it would it would strike me as odd if if he didn't give the three back a shot for this first game because of just the passing angles and just getting familiar like it's so much easier for the for the back four back five to get uh, familiar in, a, in in that formation so I don't know. I'm I'm still open to it. I still think it could happen, uh, and Tamori could come in. We'll have to. Yeah, I guess I definitely see what you you're saying. I mean, let's say you have Kova, Jorginho, and Billy. Well, Jorginho can't play. Oh, that's right. So he's suspended. He's so it's probably a good so chance. Kova, Kova, and Billy. You know, him, Mason Mount. You know, in the middle three. All of a sudden, that looks a lot more likely. You know, Conte. He's who knows how comfortable he is. You know, because he only played a few, it sounds like he played limited minutes against QPR. So I don't think we should expect, um, you know, Angola Conte to be there from the beginning. But, you know, we've seen him play in the Europa League final on half a leg. So, you know, wouldn't be surprised. So if you're looking at Billy and Kovacic and probably Mount in the middle, you could have Pulisic out left, Tammy up front, 
What do you do on the right? Cal. But he's he's had a knock. Maybe not 100%. I mean, you could put Ruben in, which would be super... No, Barkley would probably go in before Ruben. And Ruben well, would come would, in off the I, bench. And then you could put Mal outright. Just name your name your starting 11 and stop guessing. You're you're up. <laughs> I'm working through it. Like, what are, I, like, what are the other uh, solutions or options? Um, well, in my 3-4-3 in my three, three scenario, right, I'll, I'll go. Um, I think Keppa will start. I think you'll have a back three that is essentially Tamori, Christensen, and Rudiger. Uh, even with a broken fingy, I think Christensen will step up and, and do a thing. Uh, I think you'll have Aspi and Alonzo as wingbacks. I think you'll have Billy and Kova in the middle. And I think you'll have a front three, essentially, of Pulisic and Abraham or Giroux. Still thinking Giroux has a part to play here. Uh, and then, you know, I think probably Cal. I mean, or or actually false, not Cal. Mason on the other side. Okay. Mason loves to play forward in a 3-4-3. Three, three. I think that makes sense. So Mason's going to be my, my right or my left, depending on where Frank plays him. You can see it with less depth in the midfield needed. Um, I think Keppel will start. Um... Formation? Well, I, um, that's why I'm already stuck. I already can't decide if it's going to be a four-back or a three-back. I really can't. Um, since it's one of the last formations played, I'll go three-back. Um, you know, Christensen was playing quite a bit. Ruger will play. And it's down to Tamori or Zuma. I'd like to think Tamori would play the left-center-back role. Alonzo on the left, Aspie on the right. And then your Kovacic, Billy Gilmore, two-man midfield. And then up front, it's Tammy's to lose. I, I know you're thinking Drew, but Frank's going to give it to Tammy and say, you know, prove to me that you should be here. The second you don't, I'm bringing Drew. I agree. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, I think Tammy will start, but I I think Drew will have a, a role to play in this run. And 100%. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely see a good amount of him, especially because he plays Sunday, Thursday, and all that stuff. Uh, and then I think it'll be Mason and, and Pulisic on the wings. You know, just and part of it now that you go through it, Dan, I don't know if this changes you. All of a sudden, that midfield, you're like, you know, it kind of it almost kind of picks itself from proven players. You know, Andrin, Ruben Loftus Cheek, even Billy throwing him in there. You're like, yeesh. And we're, we're jumping Barkley, some you know, who was not bad right before we stopped either. To be fair, he was also playing Liverpool and Everton. And as an Everton boy, he probably had a lot to play for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gu- guaranteed to get a result out of him when it's in the the Mary side. Um, Mersey side. I think it is Mersey side. Yeah, the it's going to be a back four. I I think it, it's just crazy to hear you guys both talk about a back three again. Um, so Keppa between the sticks. I think it's Asp, Zuma, Rudiger, Alonso. I think ahead of them you'll find the midfield of. Kovacic, Gilmore, and Conte. And then I think you will find mm. Mason, Abraham, and my one wild card just. No. It, it's so. I, I don't. No. Yeah, I don't no. know. I'm, <laughs> I think Ruben might make it into the starting lineup. I, I just. I, I On the other side. I just have this weird with the amount of photos he's been in, the dimension he brings to it, 
Maybe he's the first sub out at 30 minutes, 40 minutes in, but just to try something a little different. Wait, you That's sub him out after 30, 40 minutes? Well, he's the one I would be most concerned about for from a fitness standpoint in that, that 11. Yeah. He's the one I, you know. That's why he's a super sub. Let's make sure he gets up to speed. Yeah, if you're going to play him for 40 minutes, you might as well just sub him in at the 60th minute and call it a day, right? Ultimately, you know, just considering that you do have the benefit of more substitutions and you can do it across three times with your five players that, I don't know, I I think you, you give him the opportunity to go out and regain fitness and maybe you play him only for the first half then. Maybe it's not you play him for 30 minutes and then kind of give him an opportunity to bring it back in. There's also the water breaks now too. So there's, there's going to be so many opportunities to like test and learn and I, I just... I feel like the the thing that Chelsea has done differently and Frank has done differently this season is he has experimented in ways that um, have worked out and have not worked out. But I, I think we will be very experimental uh, as we look to kind of play against our uh, Aston Villa here. No matter, I would say just real quick, no matter what, there is flexibility. So whether you start him or not, the, the difference is now it is much less of a risk and a gamble to do something like that if he wants to. So it opens the door next. I, th- I think the in my three-back scenario, the most you – know, I was thinking about like, like likely substitutions, right? Like I think Giroud is a likely substitution, especially early on with Tammy. I think that Ruben has to be a likely substitution. I think Tino has to be a likely substitution. You didn't have to go down the list here. I think Conte has to be a likely substitution, yep. right? So I think you could easily, if you started a three-back and you have a comfortable 2-0, however comfortable that is for Chelsea this year, 2-0 lead uh, going into the 60th minute, you could easily see Tamori or one of the other center-backs coming off to play a 4-3-3 like Dan has originally prescribed, where Ruben slots in the midfield or Mason drops back in because Ruben wants to go play wide because he's an absolute unbelievable athlete and can do everything. Uh, I think you could see a lot of scenarios that the formation will change and the personnel will change and they're going to have to figure it out on the fly, which will be difficult. Right. I mean, it's, that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, I know that everyone come, like they see the players come on they start to do the formation signals and whatever. It's not easy just to kind of figure that out on the fly. So it'll be weird to, to watch for sure. And again, you have to take into account it's not only about what Chelsea's doing. Villa can significantly change their approach and their look as well. Um, so, you know, you have to react to what is in front of you just as much as try to Im- influence the match the way you want to as well. So, sure. All right. Well, guys, I don't know about you. I am pumped. I'm thrilled. Bummed I can't go to Brits. It is open, but you have to sit at tables. It's reserved. It's just not the vibe I want. So, I'm probably going to be hanging out on our Discord. Uh, if anyone wants to join me, I'll be there. Nick, are you going to be able to join up socially responsible safely this match? Um, unsure. KC Blues are, are doing an outdoor thing, which is better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, uh, for, for all the reasons that we all know. I'll kind of play it by ear. We'll just kind of see how it goes. Brits is working on getting the lawn ready, thankfully. Uh, Dan, you're in Seattle. It'll probably be raining, so I guess you're just stuck at home. Yeah, that's all it does here. Rain. <laughs> Lots of rain. It's the most most general broad stroke generalization I've made in, my, in a long time. And how about some uh, some coffee here as we're surrounded by the mountains? <laughs> there you go. Nailed uh, it. Love it. 
Hey, guess what? Uh, Chelsea play tomorrow. All of you listeners out there, what we have match reviews coming I back. I know what? we haven't done a match review in three and a half months. What a huh. treat it's gonna be! Uh, talk about knocking the rust off. That's kind of where we're gonna be come Sunday, <laughs> uh, but it's gonna be great. We're looking forward to it. Um, yeah, jump on the socials. Let's chat there if you want to get into the Discord so you can hang out during the match and throughout the week. Do not sleep on that. Uh, but that's gonna wrap it us. Wrap it up for us Chelsea fans. Good luck sleeping tonight. It's going to be a long one. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.